Hey nerds, welcome back to The Paper Fold. I am your host, Sarah, The Paper Nerd, and I'm so glad to be back nerding out with you on my favorite topic, stationery. Today, once again, I have not one, but two very special guests for you. It's another family biz, but instead of a sister act like Grace and Leah at Tiny and Snail or Alice and Doris at Eyelute Papery, this is a married couple. Personally, I'm always a little in awe of married couples who run a brand. My feeling is that marriage is stressful enough without working together on top of it. But these types of brands can and do thrive. Just witness Anna and Nathan Bond of Rifle Paper Company, if you don't believe me. The Lobster Studio was founded by Manhattanites Ken Crossland and his wife, Rachel Lauren James. The animal menagerie that populates the stationery and gift range came to life organically, springing from a hand-drawn valentine from Ken to Rachel. Once you get acquainted with this world, it gets under your skin, much in the same way that our favorite books and properties from our childhoods did. As Ken says, picture books from childhood own a permanent part of our souls. In this case, think Calvin and Hobbes with a healthy side of bread and jam for Francis. However, bringing a brand to life is that much more challenging in modern Manhattan life, day jobs and the like. Fortunately, they are finding a lot of support and camaraderie as part of a loose-knit community known as the Stationery Gang, as you will hear much more about shortly. It's all coming up right after this. Hey nerds, I can't go any further without raving about Girl With Knife, a maker that not only occupies a very special place in my stationary heart, but also after just three short years of existence in the heart of the card and gift community as well. I well remember the very moment I got acquainted with this range as well as its exquisite creator, Alicia Castaldi. It was in the before times. Yes, it was winter 2019 and Alicia was making her trade show debut at New York Now. I came around the corner to see a chic burst of blush and black that was her booth, and then I spied Alicia herself. This was my brand new BFF and paper goods. I just didn't know it yet. What makes this stationery and gift range so special? Well, if you describe yourself as feminine, unapologetic, and authentic, with a polished sense of style and a razor-sharp wit, this is the maker for you and clearly the world agrees in its brief existence girl with knife has received multiple industry awards including a coveted and hyper competitive louis award as well as major national press in buzzfeed new york magazine palm springs life hgtv and LA Business Journal. However, it was her recent coverage in What Women Create that really provided a glimpse into how this collage artist brings her dazzling visions to life, sliced by nimble exacto slice in sunny Palm Springs. If you look through the latest Girl With Knife wholesale catalog, nearly as fun as the cards themselves is Alicia's pithy commentary on each one. It's like a friend spilling over champagne. And speaking of catalogs, this one contains a bevy of gift product for the new year. Now the season of fierce has become a lifestyle of fierce. Alicia's got weekly pads, candles, art prints, and pinch me, she has pillows. 
with names like We Just Fit Together, Eternally Fierce, and Rare Creature, you know your dreamscape just got upgraded. As I write this, I have not yet traveled to any of the winner's shows, but I already know these are going to be some of the most memorable finds that I will want to share, not just throughout Stationary Trends, The Paper Nerd, and The Paper Fold, but my life. With all that said, it should be clear that I can barely relay how proud I am that Girl With Knife sponsors this podcast. So head on over to girlwithknife.com. Once you lift your jaw off the floor, you'll see why I say what I say and agree. I guarantee your girl gang will be speechless. Hey, Ken and Rachel, welcome to the paper folds. Hi, Hi, thank you so much for having us. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. So, uh, Ken, you came to Stationery from Children's Book Illustration. And Mm -hmm. uh, what I love about that is I I do think most paper people sort of first fall in love with children's books um, while they're children, while they are that target market. And then, like, somehow that passion gets uh, transferred to Stationery. So mm-hmm. I, my first question for you is, uh, what were your favorite books as a child and how do they influence your greeting cards and stationery? Oh, I grew up loving all the uh, old favorites. Like I loved uh, Bread and Jam for Francis. I think it's by mm-hmm. uh, the Hobans, the Lee and Hobans. That's a great book. On that. Oh my God. I, I remember um, when I was at my dad's house the last time I dug that book up and I saw that I had drawn my own illustrations next to the illustrations in there. I think I was like maybe rudimentary, uh, rudimentary trying to copy them when I was, uh, when I was five years old, <laughs> I thought it was kind of cute. That's awesome. That's a good, that's a, that's a really good book. I remember really liking it. Uh, it was oh, a yeah. series, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. I had bedtime for Francis. I loved that but- one. Bedtime for me. Oh, I just I remember one. I just remember something about the bread with the jam on it. Um, it's it's interesting to me that you chose a, bu- a book though with a female protagonist. Um, you know there aren't too many like classic children's. I mean, there's a few obviously, but you know by and large that's a minority. So that's cool that you that you chose that. Um, I don't know what it says about us that I would have gone to Ferdinand the Bull. Um. <laughs> That's so, that's a great book too. <laughs> if Ken's choosing Francis and I'm choosing Ferdinand, that I find that hilarious. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, uh, kind of the books that were always in my stable were uh, The Pokey Little Puppy, uh, Bread and Jam for Francis, uh, Horton Hatches the Egg, um, and pretty much any uh, Winnie the Pooh book. Because Winnie, Winnie yeah. the Pooh, I think, sort of informs my style more than... Uh, I think, yeah, like I, I, uh, most of the stuff I do is line work, uh, pen and ink right, line work right. and simple colors. And I kind of gravitated towards that sort of style. And, and Winnie the Pooh, from what I understand is really, you know, it's such an allegorical story with each of the characters sort of like representing certain traits and, you know, it's, it's actually very much, um, there's a lot more to it than it might appear on the surface. And, um, often with station with greeting cards, like you know, there's this dichotomy where it has to be universal but very specific, and uh, you know, to mm. it has to be universal to an occasion, but feel very specific to the person who's 
purchasing it and, you know, children, but what better way to do that with a children's book? And so what better right. way to do it than with that particular children's book? So, um, so now you both create stationery with a goal to delight everyone's inner child. Um, I want to hear about your cast of characters and your overall approach to your, um, to your stationery. Well, I think one of the reasons I was attracted to putting picture book art in greeting cards is like the picture books that you read as a child, they kind of like own a permanent part of your soul. Like, so no matter how old you get, like if you see your favorite character come back, like it like almost makes your heart just squeeze just that little bit. You'll go like, and so what we were hoping was to make characters that sort of created or like tapped into the nostalgia that people feel about their favorite characters Mm -hmm. and sort of create Mm -hmm. new characters that could uh, progress into the future. That's sort of, because I think as an adults, we like, it just feels really good to relive those simple childhood pleasures. And so we're hoping that people who like our cards, that they see those cards and it makes them like to me, it's very personal because it's like you're you're sharing something that speaks to your child, and hoping that it speaks to the person's child that you're giving the card to. And so I feel like mm-hmm. that's a very intimate. Um, I feel like that's like a very intimate transaction between two people. I, I, I that's it's kind of like it's one of the driving forces of why I make the cards that we do. Wow, it it absolutely it absolutely is, and there is there's sort of like I feel like you're talking, and there's sort of like. It's like you want to infuse infuse your work with like a nostalgia or a familiarity uh, and sort of like a sort of like a omnipresent backstory that you know people fill in <laughs> yeah. as they as they will. Um, it, it's really cool. I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm yeah, looking at I your site. Just... Yeah, say, please may. Oh, I was may. just going to jump in. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that you know the 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 evolution of our, of our company kind of speaks to that as well, because it started off with, um, when, when Ken and I first moved in together, I had my cat Nymeria and he had his cat Fred and, um, he made a Christmas card for my mom with the two cats on it, um, handmade, you know, with, with pen and ink and, and watercolor. And, um, he had previously uh, early in our relationship made me a Valentine's day card with the two cats and their tails made a heart. Um, (laughs) And it was, it was very sweet (laughs) and I loved it. Um, And, and we kind of just looked at each other. We're like, wait a minute, we might be onto something here. These two cats are so playful and whimsical and, and adorable let's, let's explore that and kind of dive in. And, you know, you're talking about the cast of characters, the, the Fred and Nim character, kind of the backbone of, of the company. Um, that's where we started. Uh, our first, what, six cards, 10 yeah. cards, something like that. were just the cats before we started introducing these other characters that he has since created. Um, and, and they're still the most loved, I would say. Um, yeah, the lobster is a close second. Uh, right, I, I right. I'm on. Who... 
who the lobster it just it just touches a nerve <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. I, I mean i mean i love i'm on your i'm on your bestsellers page uh, uh on your site and you know obviously fred and nim are the you know several of the bestsellers and then uh and they're like they're adorable they get into all sorts of <laughs> adventures and mishaps and oh, yeah. you know like <laughs> stuff together and then of course and then there's the little lobster wedding card with the misses and miss and uh you know they're they're really charming too and that's that's what i remember i, I you must have sent me when you first started submitting uh to stationary trends you must have sent me a lot of lobster cards cuz i that's what i i associate that with you a little more than the cats but uh yeah. they're they're wonderful and one other thing I'm wondering, you're an actor and producer in your own right. Like that could mean you're working on Broadway. You could be working on talk shows. You could be working or you could like, you know, be working off off Broadway. Like who knows? So uh, so what do you what kind of projects fill your days when you're not working on Lobster Studio? Sure. So um, I am an actor first. Uh, I moved to the city, you know, with the big dreams of Broadway and Tony Awards and all of that. And um, <laughs> as you said, being an actor and a producer in New York can mean a myriad of things. For me right now, it means that I, um, I've produced uh, several independent short films. Um, I have one right now that's in post-production. We're just trying to finish up the editing process, which is always longer than you expect it to be. <laughs> uh, and then I've, I've acted in a couple of things here in the city, um, mm -hmm. off, off Broadway. And uh, uh, it is exciting. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's always fun when you get to say that you've done stuff in New York. <laughs> it's kind of a, you know, a notch in your belt. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But, and, um, you know, the independent films are, you know, the indie films are amazing, too. I when you were when you said, oh, it takes it's taking longer than I thought. I feel like everything if you're creative, like that's the first rule, like everything takes longer yeah. than than you think. Um, and um, that applies to everything from like, you know, making a product to just like getting through you know, a hundred emails that you thought was going to take 15 minutes and took all Absolutely. afternoon. Absolutely. But I'm, uh, but I'm sorry, please continue. Um, I wanted to hear. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. And, <laughs> um, you know, at, at this point in, in that side of, of, of my life and my career, I, uh, I'm, I'm currently starting to get auditions for actual like major TV shows. And so that's exciting. That's brand new. So you know, crossing our fingers. Hopefully you'll see me on, you know, the small screen at some point <laughs> in your homes. That's not <laughs> ominous sounding at all. Um, that's awesome. And maybe <laughs> That's awesome. And one of my, uh, uh, do you, I don't know if you guys know, uh, Tal studio, like she does, she does a lot of like fine art photography and, uh, but she okay. keeps, uh, emailing me every time she somehow she's getting her work in like HBO shows. Like it'll be like in the back, it'll be like on someone's wall, wow. you know, or whatever. Oh, and so cool. uh, like, maybe you can get your, maybe you can get some lobster studio stuff hey. in the, in hey. the, whatever show you're in. Like, you know, that it could be not a, a bad win. idea. 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put that lock that one away for later. That's like that's an excellent idea. <laughs> I personally could not run a business with my husband. Um, the business <laughs> might succeed, but my marriage probably would not. Um, so Lauren, I. Uh, I'm sorry, Rachel. I don't know why I wrote Lauren here. Lauren, I, Rachel, I have Everyone something. Everyone calls in my... me Lauren. It's my middle name. Everyone okay. calls me Lauren. It is fine. Okay. I'm so used to it. <laughs> I don't know how I switched back and forth in my notes. Usually that's like the, that's like journalism 101, get the person's name. Right. So sorry about that. <laughs> All good. Anyway, anyway, I wrote in my notes something I think you said. You said working with my husband is the stationary version of succession, but that can't be right. Um, <laughs> you, you both seem to have come up with a really nice division of labor. Can you sort of break down who does what? Of course. Yeah. Um, while, you know, we do, we are both strong personalities and we both have very strong opinions about things. Uh, we do actually work very well together. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, um, and Ken, please jump in whenever you want on this. Sure. Um, but I, I, the way that we really delineate it is, you know, he's creative and he's the driving force behind the company. Um, I draw stick figures. So <laughs> would not, <laughs> it would not survive without him. Like he literally is the company. <laughs> and then, um, you know, going back to, we, you know, talking about the producing, producing is really creative project management. And that translates perfectly into a stationary business. Um, I handle timelines and deadlines and uh, inventory and taxes and <laughs> anything that has to do with spreadsheets or calendars is the my fun job. stuff? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that makes my eyes roll back in my head, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good for you. I think it's wonderful. I think every creative like dreams of having like someone to do that part of it. Not every creative. There are some creatives who are, whose brains go both way, go forth both ways. But like, I don't know, being so logical and practical, I don't think it really lends itself. I mean, like, it just seems like two different skill sets. It yes, for sure. Rachel is um, really I, good I, for. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Rachel is very good please. for uh, brainstorming. Actually, we uh, it's, it's what sometimes like once a month. Usually, you run. Uh, an internal status meeting and that status meeting could just be us on a picnic blanket next to the river or, you know, just hanging out in the, in the dining room with like my iPad out and I'm taking notes and she's got her computer. But what's cool about it is uh, the brainstorming. It's like, we can just kind of open up and throw any idea out there about what we're thinking of doing. Like, Oh, what do we want to do? You know, how do we want to improve our marketing? you know, this month or what's our long-term goals and what other product lines do we want to dive into? And do you have any ideas for any more cards that we could do, you know, for the next release? And it's just like, it's really good right. to be able to come back to Rachel and do that. Cause she's right. very good or at like, parsing what I say. <laughs> or like so-and-so mentioned when they placed a reorder that, like maybe that they think another sympathy card would sell well. Have you thought about that at all? You know, that, yeah. that, that type of thing. So 
Yeah, exactly. And, and I think one of my favorite things that we do in brainstorming sessions is uh, typically when it comes to the copy that's going to be on the card, that's when we work together the most um, because his, his art is so expressive. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, everyone listening will go look at it because I am incredibly biased, of course, but I think he's fantastic. <laughs> and, and so when it comes to time, to figure out the copy, um, we usually will sit there and just spitball back and forth constantly until we come down to the exact wording we want. And um, one of my favorite, uh, one of the ones I'm the most proud of is um, we have this one line called the theater of the obsolete. And it's- That's um, so funny. I'm looking at that page right now. I went to that page because I was like, oh, these are little characters. And so I was like, I'm looking at your Walkman. So I'm sorry, please continue. (laughs) Yes. It's it's one of my favorite lines that he has created. And it's, um, it's, it's obsolete technology, technology that we no longer use. Um, and so there's, again, the nostalgia piece there, very strong nostalgia piece. And one of them is an old, uh, old PC. And um, <laughs> we were, we were trying to figure out the copy for that one. And then I just blurted out, I can't even process how much I love you. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just, I wear that one as a badge of honor. I am so proud of myself for that one. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And often it is. It's just the right phrase. And like, it can't be too many words. It can't be too little words. It, it like yeah. it. And it has to be sort of lyrical. nerds, it's the Paper Nerd swinging in to tell you about my own consulting services. Sometime during the first lockdown, I started getting serious about consulting with the rough idea that I could review ranges and offer guidance to makers however I could. Much to my surprise, my consulting has proven to be both popular and incredibly personally rewarding as I'd never before had a chance to really help ranges grow and meet their big picture goals. My approach is tailored to each individual client, so I always start off with a get acquainted call, no charge, just to learn more and see if I can help. Usually I just ask a lot of questions and try to get a sense of the brand, its challenges and overall goals. It's not unlike a therapy session, but for your business. Sometimes it's very freeing to just get it all out to a compassionate, objective listener. Meanwhile, if all goes well, once we agree on a general plan and what needs to be addressed first, I get cracking. This may entail suggesting some names of reps, polishing your website or individual product copy, recommending which shows to consider, or even examining your range skew by skew and giving you my honest feedback on what works and what doesn't. I don't think anyone will be surprised to hear that I've had long exchanges debating elements like trim size, envelopes, paper, sentiment, and typefaces. I can tell you what else is out there that is similar and suggest how you can differentiate. If I have learned anything so far, it's that most makers see their brands much as we see our children. There is a lot of energy and emotion invested. It's all very complicated. And just like we can all use some occasional guidance as parents, it's helpful to get the same for your other baby. If you are interested, visit my consulting page on thepapernerd.com to see testimonials from my existing clients and reach out to me. I promise I will be as honest as 
I know how, and anything you share stays between you and me. It's always an honor to be entrusted with anyone's baby, so I'd love to take a deep dive into yours. Give me a shout, and let's get started. All right. We are back. We had a little technical difficulty, <laughs> ironically, while we were discussing the theater of the obsolete. <laughs> but, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, the great thing about the theater of the obsolete or the theater of the obsolete um, is that like, there's always going to be stuff joining it. Like technology, oh, yeah. there's always going to be more obsolete. So you have plenty of fodder. Uh, but yes, we have a, a long running list that he keeps of like, what is what is looking like it's going to be knocking off at some point. <laughs> yeah, uh, my latest one is going to be a beeper, but I have not been able to get the beeper to read because people go, what is that? I'm like, oh, wow. Because I'm like, OK, ah! beeper has been away for a while. Yeah, like people don't know what a beeper is. That's so funny. Um, why don't you just do like an early iPhone? You could do like the iPhone. That would be kind 3. of fun. Like, yeah. I mean, like that's obsolete. It really is. I feel like boomers would feel attacked though because they'd have their, they'd still have their iPhone 3 and they'd be like, hey. I feel personally victimized. I was about to say, not that we're ageist because we're not. I mean, hey, what's funny about the theater of the obsolete is that it's almost, it like kind of reveals that I'm a bit of a Gen Xer of what I well, put in yeah. there. Cause yeah. I'm Gen X and like, we're the generation that like, we're the most cynical about that of all, because we remember Atari, we've seen it all come out oh, yeah. and been replaced. Like I remember Betamax and, you know, like everything that was supposed to be, you know, this wonder of technology, which like, okay, eventually breaks and has to be replaced. <laughs> so, but, um, but, you know, we were talking about like, you know, finding that right, uh, you know, the right phrasing, you know, that is so important is just like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, with your, with your cassette play, I guess that's a Walkman. Uh, you have, oh, yeah. uh, I uh -huh. hear you did something amazing. Like it has to be just the right, like it could be an amazing picture drawing, but if it doesn't like take the viewer to that place, whatever mm -hmm. that place may be, like it doesn't succeed. Um, well, and we, you know, we haven't really gotten into this, but Ken has a comedy background. Yes. Um, he's probably going to hate me for pulling this up. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like I'm a so, retired comedian. Uh, but we're all, I mean, so many, there's so many of that in, in the greeting card in, in the industry. Like I had Victoria Venturi on from Paper Epiphanies and she was like, she was like a stand-up comic in LA, <laughs> like took her act oh, to so letterpress, cool. you know, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> You know, this is all from before we met. So I've only heard stories. I've never seen it in action. But yeah, he, he used to do stand-up here in, in New York. He uh, was was actually on an improv team and did the but, whole But thing. who hasn't been on an improv team, though? Let's be I mean, I mean, 
<laughs> That's awesome. It must be great. It's, it's great experience. And like, look, what better way to try out material than, you know, like in front of an audience trying it. They're, they're really fun. I mean, like I, my God, I haven't been to an improv show in years, but I mean, if it's a good, if it's a good troupe, like it's mm-hmm. like the best evening you've had in a long time. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So, so now I need to hear, okay, so I've heard talk about this, um, but I need you guys to tell me like what this is. What is the stationary gang? Who is in it? (laughs) Well, Uh, what is it? Are you guys getting jackets and can I get one? (laughs) Well, the first rule of stationary gang is you do not talk about stationary gang. (laughs) Oh, you just broke it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Oh. Yeah, uh, the Stationary Gang, it's like, it's just this informal group of, let's see, I have a list of them because I want to make sure I got them all. Uh, it's six of us, oh, and we all met at trade shows, or I met, the, so in the group is Daniel Durkin of Daniel Durkin Dan- Illustration, yes, yes. Uh, Krishna, who we were talking about sure. uh, from Nanu Studio, uh, Kate Murray of Quick Brown Fox Letterpress. Uh, Cecily Moore of the Paper Curator and Jimmy sure. of Quotations. Oh, that's a great group. And like all gangs, you know, it arose, you know, sort of, it's just organically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, we, uh, in, in our previous conversation with you, we discussed about how we did our first NSS as a very baby company. We had no idea what we were doing. We spent way more money than we needed to. Way um, and, I'm sorry. You know, oh, you know, it's a lear- it's all part of the learning process, right? And mm-hmm. um, you know, we did write a couple of orders on the floor, which was exciting. And and you know, we now understand that that's actually a big deal at your first trade show to write orders on the floor. Um, oh, yeah. The Some people biggest... go and don't write any for right, the first. Right. But the biggest return on investment that we have seen from doing that first trade show was that we met Kate and Cecily yes. and Aww. Daniel. And honestly, this this stationary gang. I, I'm, I'm kind of an honorary member. I, I don't really, I'm not on the group chat or anything. It's fine. I'm not better. Um, <laughs> you have to ooh, hear about, ooh. you know, what's decided secondhand. Exactly. <laughs> but the biggest thing has been, you know, that if we have questions, um, we, we've got people that, you know, in certain areas, they're further along than we are in certain other areas. We have more experience than they do. And it's just, you know, it's people from all different levels of the business who can come together and discuss things and ask advice, um, which is really just invaluable. Yeah. It's totally invaluable. It's totally invaluable. I mean, like all these communities have arisen. They're all amazing. You know, uh, uh, proof to product. I mean, there, there's several, uh, mm-hmm. Gingerbread has that creative, uh, powerhouse society and, and there's a million more that I'm forgetting. And like, you know, they're there, you know, the idea at the heart of all of them is like, uh, community and, you know, sharing information and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of camaraderie. And, uh, the fact that it arose organically, like there's something really, you know, there, there's something very special about that. Um, I, you know, I was just telling a client yesterday, like, 
I, it doesn't matter like which community you pick, but you should have one, like you need to have sounding boards and, um, and be able to, you know, bounce ideas off of people. And absolutely. I was going to say, one of the things I love about the group is that we all share the same philosophy of that. You can be in business without being competitive in a way where it's like, look, we all make, we're all in this industry, but we all make our very specialized stuff for who we are as people and, and, you know, our tastes and our loves and our stuff, you know, it's like, so we're, there's no reason to have a, 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 like a combative or, you know, antagonistic relationship with anybody in the industry, because what I am selling, if somebody picks my cards to be in, in paper source or something that is not exclusionary of someone else's card or, you know, some stores uh, like, because I've been doing a deep dive on finding new stores as we all are in this industry. And there's just some stores that are going to pick Kate Murray's cards from quick Brown Fox letter press because they have puns, you know, they have that, you know, because they're actually hand created. And then some people may gravitate towards more things that, you know, have children's book art and stuff like that. And so it's like, there's no, yeah, I, I feel like what's great about it is no one is being left out by someone else's work. Like we can yeah. all coexist and it's not yes. a big deal. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, mean, I think when you're starting out, it's really easy to compare and oh, despair. Yeah. <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> comparison is the thief of joy, no matter yes. where you're at. Um, and yeah. absolutely. And then I think- we've, we've come to this place where, you know, Ken and I have had lots of discussions about like, doubling down in a niche and is that you know uh is that the death of a brand or is that actually the way to do it and what we're discovering is that the people who love his creations love his creations and and that's that's where you want to live is where people are just so excited and happy to see what you've created and not trying to just please everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're never, I mean, I mean, greeting cards have gotten so niche you, you know, you're not going to please everybody. And most retailers, like, I feel like when they are at a show, there's something inherently that most, if they're good, most of them sort of inherently know like what their customers will buy, what they won't buy, mm-hmm. what they're looking for, what their store vibe is. I mean, a lot of them, sure. you know, a lot of them buy according to their own taste. Um, I think most of them can recognize, can differentiate and be like, even though I like it, my customers might not, you know, like they just get right, it. Right. And, uh, and I have to say, I think one of the reasons I've stayed in stationery so long is because it is such a friendly, open, kind industry. I mean, I... I can remember one time, I mean, I've been doing this since 1997 and I can remember one time someone asking someone about like a paper supplier, um, at like a, at like an industry event and the other person getting huffy and saying, you know, that's private and, you know, but only one time in, you know, in that long is not bad. I mean, because I would think it happens all the time in other industries. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. So, I mean, that's what makes us really special is that, you know, like most of us, you know, most, most people who make cards to connect people tend to be like pretty empathetic, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's yeah. definitely a sensitivity I've noticed in our group. Absolutely. And you have a really nice blend. And I mean, like, I like your, I like your blend of the stationary game. Like you have like, you have people with all different types of ranges, like Janine yeah. oh, yeah. is very different than yours is very different than Kate's is very different yeah. than uh, Krishna's. Uh, I think right now is the perfect time to shout out Janine's new book. Welcome to the yeah. Geek Club. Yes, Everyone yes, go buy it. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's amazing that she, that she came out with it. I mean, like I keep saying she is to sympathy what um, Emily McDowell is to empathy. Like she really honed in on this. And um, yeah, unfortunately or fortunately, she sort of did it like right before COVID hit. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's like crazy timing. Yeah. Yep, yep, so, so, um, we've talked a little bit, uh, both when we chatted and, and just now about like expectations, uh, versus reality, um, with mm. a, a card line with any sort of creative, um, type of endeavor. Um, and I really, think is that so many of our disappointments arise because like we have this narrative in our head as to how everything will play out. Um, however, both of you seem pretty aware that it really does take time and dedication for a brand to get off the ground. Um, so with that said, like, what are your hopes uh, realistically for Lobster Studio moving forward? Well, about the patients, uh, my day job is I'm, I work at uh, Penguin Random House. I'm a children's book designer. And so books take a very long time to produce. So I'm working currently on books that will come out in fall 2023. So it's yeah. like having a long timeline and knowing that um, your result is not immediate is already ingrained in my work philosophy. So that's one place where I can kind of let the business breathe a little bit and know that, oh, I don't, it's. I don't have to have this right now, right now, right now. Like I can actually work over a longer timeline. And so that's pretty, it's very helpful as far as- I agree. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. I worked in book publishing. I was at HarperCollins in their illustrated book division. And I am like way too high strung a person for those long <laughs> productions. <laughs> like by the time the book came out, I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to think about the author. Like it was just like, I'm done. Um, and I like, I tend to like magazines, especially a quarterly because I, I can kind of mm. look ahead, but- not too far ahead and not too far back, but it's a nice sure. sort of schedule. So that is, I mean, and book and book publishing, like, you know, it can take so long to acquire something and then design it. And, oh, you know, yeah. it, it can be, I mean, it can be years. So mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you were saying you, you're obviously far more patient than I am. Oh, <laughs> well, when you were saying or at least we're he gonna... pretends to be. <laughs> ah, yeah. Some, I mean, I have impatience like anybody else, believe me. <laughs> oh, so what you were, so what you were saying before is we're kind of hoping to expand beyond stationary. We want to uh, get into gifts because one thing we noticed is uh, we took this random gamble and started making tea towels, and they turned out mm -hmm. to be one of our most successful items. And we we're like, okay. And so I think over time, we're trying to make the Lobster Studio like a general studio insofar as we can take our characters and put them into multiple applications. Like, so like we can have gifts, we can have stationary because I'm working on a picture book right now uh, uh, with a 
with the Fred character in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to fold that in under the, under the Lobster Studio umbrella. And so it's like, cool. I think, yeah, what I'm just trying to do is make sure that like, I'm feeling pretty confident that what we make is coming from an honest place and coming mm-hmm. from a place that really, I, cause I really care if people are getting joy from my work and mm-hmm. it brings me a lot of pleasure when people just get that. Cause there's that little, like, like, Oh, moment when someone sees something cute or nostalgic and it makes, I don't know, to give someone that feeling, like if we can apply that to many different things within mm-hmm. the company. And I know that's, it's a, it's gonna be a long building process, but it's, I think, I feel good about the direction we're on now. And I, I feel like leaning fully into uh, like the childhood wonder part of the business mm-hmm. and just, and that ethos, I think it's really, it feels right to me in a way that it's hard to explain. It just feels right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, look, you have a character driven range. So by expanding sort of the products and the ways you can kind of showcase them you're just telling your story better and you're bringing it more to life yeah speaking of that like because one of my biggest influences is bill watterson of calvin and hobbs and uh uh, i i love his 10th do you ever have you read the 10th anniversary calvin and hobbs thing because he talks about his process I haven't, but he's from right around my neck of the woods. I sh- I should, oh, but cool. I don't. Yeah, Go but I'm sorry. I'm sure I know it. I should. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop in unannounced. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that really stuck out at me from his writing is that he has the characters and he lets them live inside of his mind, and he listens to what he like. He's not so much writing as he's listening to what they have to say. So for example, like we have that turtle character and to me, the turtle character is like a hopeless romantic and a daydreamer. And so when I'm thinking of things, a cards for him, it's what would he want to do? And so, you know, and, and Fred and Nim, they each have their own personalities. And so they sort of are able, like they inform me of what they want to do, not the other way around. Because I think that's like part of the honesty of, of I want to keep in the work is I don't want Fred and Nim to do things that are outside of what they would normally do right. as characters. I know it's 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 a weird headspace because it's like you're sort of uh, internalizing <laughs> external characters and it's like it almost seems like madness, but it kind <laughs> of works in the creative process. I'm not really sure how that works. I'd, I'd love to know more about that part. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I feel like if you're going to draw cats, you should think like a cat, you know, like. (laughs) I will say, um, just talking about his characters, uh, one of the favorite things is, you know, being part of the business. I get to uh, kind of make suggestions when we're talking about, okay, well, are there other characters we want to introduce? And if so, what are they? Who are they? What are they like? Et cetera. And um, I, I just happened to mention a while back that I love snails. And next thing I knew, there was this adorable snail sitting on a mushroom saying happy birthday. And <laughs> it just it just made me so happy. <laughs> and, and now Aww. I think you have there are three snail cards and a snail notepad. And uh, and and every time I see them, I know it's because I said I wanted snails and it's just like it's so sweet 
Yeah, to me, the snails are are shy and sort of sweet. That's that's how I kind of envision them in my head. Because it's like, I don't know, when you see a snail, they seem to like just kind of keep to themselves. Absolutely. But it's like they, you know, you have to kind of wait for them to kind of come out. But then when they say something or you share something, it's like really amazing. Like snail mail, you know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It takes Perfect. longer, but it's more value. You know, it it has more value to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and and the fact that you kind of slow down and look at the world from animal perspectives, you know, helps people to do the same. Like not everybody gets it, but to those who get mm-hmm. it, it's like mind blowing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, it's felt really good to find uh like-minded people in that space because there's people who appreciate that it's 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 like it's I, it's like I know we shouldn't always be seeking validation but it's like for me it's very validating to the work to have people well yeah just, just I, really I speak mean, to them as creatives yeah and lately I've even been thinking like just just finding other people who like get stationary itself like in terms of the maker community like that's Mm -hmm. that's an amazing connection among people but to be able to find that to make that connection with people out in the wild so to speak is like Mm -hmm. it must be so amazing uh oh yeah because it's one of our favorite things about selling at outdoor markets and stuff is is meeting the people who are touched by the work and uh we always have the most amazing conversations with just random strangers it's wonderful Oh, totally. So I think that's great. I'd love it. I'd love it. And I'm, and there, and you know, they, every time they see your card, they think of that and it, you know, mm-hmm. they're kind of sharing it with their friends when they send a birthday card or oh, whatever, yes. buy a tea towel, what have you. So I, your tea towels are adorable, by the way. Thank you. Uh, so, so I cannot thank you guys enough for coming by this chat and dealing with technical problems and, and <laughs> opening up about like your background. The process. <laughs> we we muted Ken and he could not speak. <laughs> it was just <laughs> but we figured it out. <laughs> we did. We did. We let him talk again. <laughs> I was we allowed. let him back in, you know, we like debated it amongst ourselves and was like, yeah, I guess we'll let him talk. It's okay. No uh, childhood schoolyard traumas uh, oh, no. dug back up. I expect to see this depicted on a card in animal form. <laughs> am I, am I making a new sadness line? <laughs> You could do like the tech, the technology fail. Rate. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Like, I, I make ten thousand cards. I know the dropped call, the running out of ba- you know whatever, running out of charge, you know whatever. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys. Um, I really appreciated you. you guys coming by. This was this was a this was a real joy. Oh, You're very thank welcome. Thank you so much. We really are just so appreciative and and it was so lovely hanging out with you thank you so much ken and rachel for coming on the paper fold i so enjoyed learning more about your work and i will really enjoy watching your brand grow also please let me know if you guys decide to make stationary gang jackets because i really need one in my life
So finally, thank you for listening. Again, our theme music is by the wonderful Sharon Glassman of Smile Songs. See and hear more at smilesongs.com. If you like what you are hearing, please give me a five-star rating. And if you feel like waxing eloquent, please feel free to leave a review too. Thank you so much, nerds. Stay safe.